Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name is Jonathan Webdale. It's the final day of MIPCOM 2019 and we're coming to you live again from Cannes. To reflect on this year's event, I'm joined by Carlotta Rossi-Spencer, Head of Acquisitions at Banerjee Group. Hello. Fertini Paraskakis, Executive Vice President of Entertainment at the Story Lab. Good morning. And Frederick F. Malmborg, Managing Director of Echo Rights. Good morning. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you've had a good week. Carlotta, let's start with you. Big news at the start of the market with the announcement that you're setting up a production company with Bear Grylls. Can you tell us about the Natural Studios? Uh, well, you know, you, you, you read about it on Monday. I think for us it's a big announcement. It's a, it's a JV with, um, with Bear and his director and his producer of, uh, you know, they've been working together forever, Dell. Um, and it is, it is a start of a new, you know, we've been very much working on those kinds of shows within our group. Uh, we're very strong in France and in other territories with big, you know, adventure shows and big nature, you know, adventure nature shows. Uh, and I think it just fits into the nature of our company right now to do um, a JV like that. So it is a, a pure JV for uh, future projects together. So we're going to have a lot to talk about, I'm sure, in the next few months and years. He's obviously done a lot of other programs. He works with companies like Electus and with uh, Endemol Shine on the island. How is that body of work kind of affected by this new relationship with you? This is a new JV, so everything you know from now on is, is with us. Um, and it is, again, it's an adventure. I think we could call it an adventure in a, together, so an adventure in an adventure. Um, and then you know the rest is um, is is on the market. We have been um, working with the other companies on his shows in the past. So and from now on we're we're together. And you also had a Hollywood star Ryan Reynolds on yes. your stands promoting his new family game show. Don't. Don't. Yes, uh, that's a new so show for ABC. Uh, coming next year at the beginning of the year probably. We don't have a TX date, but it is beginning of the year in the states. And he's executive producer. He has been a great, uh, great executive producer, a great collaborator on the show. Um, family show. Uh, I think we're going to talk about um, the family shows kind of coming back. Um, this market, it's an interesting way of looking at TV, regardless of all the platforms. Um, and yes, so that's a fun, uh, in your face, very, very ironic and new take on, you know, big studio show with. Uh, fun games that all the family can play. And how did that relationship come about? It's slightly curious to, to have Ryan Reynolds executive producing a family game show. No, I think it was, I, I, that was made, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a relationship that came about through our CEO at uh, Banerjee Studios North America, David Goldberg. And he has a relationship with, uh, with Ryan and uh, Ryan loved the project. So he was on board from the beginning. It was uh, actually a very, um, clear-cut and easy collaboration from the start. Uh, Fatini, what about uh, the Story Lab? You've been here uh, this year with a dating show called Pulling With My Parents and a social experiment format called You Are Not Alone. Um, and Undercover Twins. And other Undercover Twins. How have those gone down and what's been going on for you? Really well, actually. Um, you know, Story Lab is young. We're four years old, but I think every year we've kind of grown and doubled in size and um, doubled our reach. So this year we've come to market with, as you mentioned, um, Undercover Twins, which was highlighted at Fresh TV. It was a fresh, funky, new look at dating. 
everybody always says they don't want dating but we always get a lot of dating shows and this had a lot of traction actually um, we have someone in Japan interested, a US network interested, we've got Germany interested and yeah, it, 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 it's a good show. Um, you Are Not Alone is a social experiment. Again, um, we've, we've closed a couple of options there. Um, we've got a lot of interest in the UK, Australia, so, so it's, and Germany, so it, it's growing. I mean, and Pulling With My Parents launched last night, that's a production from Ireland from Alley Cats and um, that has got a lot of traction in um, LATAM and Central and Eastern Europe and so I think what we're trying to do, we're small and we're quite boutique compared to other distributors, is collaborate um, with um, passionate indies um, or with um, you know issues that are relevant now and yeah come up with something that um, perhaps other bigger distributors or platforms broadcasters aren't necessarily able to do or don't see that there's a fit in their schedule or their pipeline so we take those on and help them along the way and get them you know to air so that's what we do. Frederick, Turkish dramas again had a, a major presence here in Cannes, you added a new one to your MIPCOM slate this year with Sisterhood um, and Swedish drama Honor from Sophia Ellens just being renewed for a second season by Viaplay. You're distributing that as well. Um, what's been the big story for you this week? Uh, no, we kicked off in style by uh, telling our 100 most important clients to fly to Istanbul instead of Nice on Friday um, evening. So we, we had a full day screening there, which is a very nice event. Presenting our new slate of we have uh, four new Turkish dramas. Uh, two returning ones. Uh, we have um, a number of very strong Nordic titles, including our first Nordic romance. We think there is a little bit saturation on, on uh, Nordic noirs. We are trying to launch a new genre from the Nordics with a, with a, with a new series uh, called Swiping for SVT. That is very you know nice romantic uh, uh, story. And then we're also launching um, an exclusive cooperation with SIC in Portugal. So we're launching two of their new long-running series that are really good storytelling, very strong script and high production value. So it's a little bit mixed together with also our Korean, new Korean owner, co-owner. So we're launching more and more Korean scripts uh, after um, some success in America and Turkey of, of, uh, of Korean scripts. We have a lot of interest to adapt, and, and, but also to sell ready-made. So it's a bit of a mixed portfolio. but. Um, I think uh, in general MIP this year feels a little bit more energetic than last year perhaps. Now, of course in, in general state of economy is good but, but I think there is a little bit of, um, you know. There's uh, a lot of discussion about collaboration and partnerships I think yeah. and that's becoming more and more important. Mm. And I think, I mean, at one point everybody was in shock, will everything be di direct to platform from, uh, for Netflix? But now I think the regional S-Vols like Viaplay, for example, they're really boosting the market. Uh, so, uh, of course, it's, a lot is produced at the moment, so it's easy to be producer or, or a, 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 a distributor at this time. But, but I think it's also it proves that there is room for a number of, of new s players that actually can, can make a living. You don't have to be Netflix to, to do it which I think is interesting. Yeah, that's a great point. And I love the fact how it's 
also non-English language content that's really travelling and across multiple territories. So those discussions become bigger. So instead of one territory, it becomes multiple territory, multiple languages. It just makes everything a lot more interesting. What's your sort of overall sense of the week, Carlotta, or the trend that stands out for you? Frederick is right. I mean, there's a little bit more energy and I think there's a little bit more um, a search for you know, getting things done. There was a moment where we're all kind of like taking a step, little step back and looking at the market and seeing what was going on. And I think it was when the OTTs were pushing a little bit more. And now that, and you're absolutely right, now that we have, you know, not only the big ones, but also the small ones, I think we're getting into to the point where, yes, for example, our business is still linear TV because that's, you know, what we do and we do it very well across, you know, different territories, 15. Um, but the OTTs are increasingly part of our you know, partners. Um, and I think that gives everybody a push, both creatively, of course, in the content-wise, but also in how you do business and the contracts that you can sign. So I think it's a two-level, it's a two-layered right now business because you need to find solutions uh, to make them happy and you know, have their content they want. But also for us, we cannot just give everything. You know, and, and there are solutions. I think we're getting it. That's why we feel this, this energy of like oh, trying to find the right content at the right time and doing a good business model for the, that content. So I think that's also where it's coming from. Yeah, and I think also Netflix has done many positive things for the industry, but one is to also open up that it doesn't have to be an original production to be your most important asset. It can also be an acquisition. Yes. So like, uh, because whatever, Casa de Papel was not very original, they made it uh, movies. Yeah. Like, I mean, so you can uh, merge the um, department that the platforms uh, or broadcasters uh, acquisition and, and um, original production that has been quite separate and do it together and think more creatively new ways of, of managing and developing your, your IP basically. And I think what Carlotta is saying about the business model and being flexible and doing things a little bit differently on a project by project basis is really becoming more important. I think that's very interesting for us. It's notable here that the um, a lot of the, the advertiser-supported video-on-demand services have had a presence here, like uh, Tubi, uh, for example. Um, there's a lot of discussion around those models, and with the arrival as well of the new breed of US studio-backed streamers as well, Reed Hastings has said it himself that there's, there's a new world really that's, that's uh, uh, going to be taking shape in November. People have been talking about them for so long, is, 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 are they under pressure now? Is the story really moving uh, beyond just talking about Netflix all the time? Yeah, it, it does absolutely. I mean, uh, Stars is doing more, uh, um, of course, the, um, uh, a lot of different players, American and regional, are, are, are doing more. I'm a little bit hesitant about the future of AVOD for, 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 let's say, TV content, because I think it will be very hard to compete with, uh, with, uh, with Google uh, in it. Um, so I believe more in SVOD, uh, that that's more safer to do niches and, and have them to pay for it. But maybe there is room for both. But we're doing a lot of, uh, we're growing our MCN business on YouTube a lot. We are just getting the first uh, one million subscribers to our TV uh, series, uh, and that's like a direct consumer. Where the CPM is actually going up uh, quite a lot, so it's becoming <coughs> a substantial part of the of the revenues to do it directly to consumers via YouTube. It's always interesting to see what's going to happen to platforms like Netflix, but quite honestly, for us, it depends what part of the world you're in. So, for example, in Asia and China, they're not really they're present, but they're not big players. 
and um, you know I think with the way technology and internet's going there's always going to be room for content and different platforms and players so I just think it's really exciting time for content. Yeah, no, also, um, the, you know, connected to this, I think that the important thing is also to study, because the different platforms have to be approached in completely different ways. You might have the same content, but the way you work on that content and the way you pitch it has to be different. Um, and we do a lot of that, the work that we put into and the, you know, the, literally the energy and the amount of time that we put into having the right pitch and having the right content for the certain platform is a lot and I think that's another part of you know what we do and, and Frederick is right on the third party for example we're working I do third party but we work a lot with content now with our internal content it has become really teamwork uh, because that's the only way that we can uh, be more successful so even if we buy something uh, if we buy a big title we work on it a lot within the group and that has it is it has changed through the years because before it was like acquisitions you buy something and then you try to resell it as it is what we do now is we try to work on that as well on the third party to make it stronger and it, it depends not stronger but also more adapted to whatever whoever we're pitching to which is very important we we've just wrapped our c21 pro 2019 global distribution trends report um, and the findings from that industry-wide survey revealed that distributors, despite all the disruption, uh, they're reporting at least that they're in, they're in good health and that uh, revenues were rising last year and they're expecting growth ahead largely because of the, the, the digital buyers, however, and, and, and less so because of traditional broadcast TV clients. I mean, you say that they are still the majority of your mm -hmm. um, buyers, but you know, how do you see that shaking out right now? You know, it, the, the balance between digital, I guess, and uh, linear buyers. I think it's, uh, num I mean, the windowing is more important. You have more opportunity and, and um, um, doing the different windows, managing some direct to consumer platforms, and then doing the, you, um, working on the remake rights of the script and controlling that IP. I think, I think managing the whole process of IP in the different windows and, and doing it multiple times by adapting the script. And so I think it's, it's, uh, it's lots of opportunity, but it's also getting quite advanced. Uh, so I think the, the future of a distribution is, is really to advise the IP owners and the producers to, to, to manage it properly because you can easily not do it in the right way and then lose major, uh, major value, I think. I think there's still room for both medium, linear and non-linear, but yes, like, um, we need to think of different ways of windowing and business and how the content plays out. Um, because as we're seeing, people like to watch things at different times and different platforms and different mediums, but um, I don't think TV is going to disappear entirely. Um, it's also still very important for advertisers, so um, I think it will, we'll still see that there, but it's more exciting for creators because there's more opportunity, but it's uh, trying to uh, decide where the money goes and how the money fits. I think that's more of a, that's a bigger discussion. I just find these fantastic times just because you, you the time that you can look into the future has shortened so much. If you look at even 10 years ago, we, we you know, I, I started this business 10 years ago, we met and we knew like five down, five years down the line, pretty much what could have happened with the channels and oh, the yeah. different territories. We had the feeling and now the 
the best thing about this is that we don't really know in a couple years. So I think because it's changing so fast, even all these, uh, the OTTs that are coming up, as we were saying earlier, have been, you know, it's a last year, it's a past year. And before it was all about Netflix, it was all about Amazon in a different way, but it was like the two main players. And now we have 10 more, literally in a little more than a year. So that gives you a sense of how times are changing fast. And you're absolutely right in saying, I think, you know, linear TV is linear TV. Linear TV gives you some, for example, the best thing about linear TV are live shows. And live shows are a great part of our <coughs> of viewing. Um, and those will still be part of what we do, all of us. Um, but it's not going to, you know, that's not going to disappear. It's, it's part of our, it's our part, you know, and linear TV broadcasters are still very strong and they will be. But at the same time, who knows, in a year, which is the best thing about being here in this business. Sorry, one more thing on that, to your point, Carlotta, it's just what I find interesting, it's not just about OTTs that are global. We're getting a lot of regional players and everything's becoming a lot more localized. So we've got global business and regional content as well as business on different levels. So it's just really exciting times. Things are changing so rapidly, as you, as you were saying, and obviously the, the cycle of uh, developing programs of selling programs is changing fundamentally hence markets like MIPCOM their fixtures in the the calendar uh, their significance is changing uh, Reed Midem's been making uh, reinventing uh, the market to um, address some of the concerns that, that distributors have expressed they've unveiled a whole bunch of changes and uh, some of the companies that have signed up for MIP TV uh, in April next year. I haven't seen any of your names on that list of companies. Oh, have you not? Yeah. Yeah. Will you be here potentially in, in April? How do you uh, see these markets changing? I just think the markets in general are very important, you know, and there's a lot during the year. It's not only about MIP. So, you know, it, we, we see each other at NAPI. There's a lot more going on. So um, I think all of us are kind of analyzing the situation and seeing, again, because it's evolving, I think the markets are evolving as well, along with our business. Uh, so it's a matter of, of deciding what all of us, you know, where we want to be, what we want to do, and how we want to be here. I think, con, it is still very important, but I, uh, you know, at the same time, we need to really find out in what perspectives and how we want to be present. But this is, I think, something that you guys are studying as well. So that's where we are right now. I think, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, I think the disadvantage of going to too many markets and certainly the spring period is, is packed with markets is that you don't really have time to go and see the clients where they actually work. So uh, I'm pushing my team really to, <coughs> of course, we are at the market is very important, but actually going and uh, working in the countries we are in more uh, because uh, it is very, let's say, it's efficient in a technical way that you can manage many meetings, but the quality of the relationships, are, I think, are improving. And to grow those relationships, it's becoming more important, I think. Yeah, I think um, we all know that the business is changing. Um, I'm not really sure if we need a traditional MIPCOM or MIPTV anymore. I think it's important to gather and network and exchange and follow trends and share things. But there are less and less deals being made at MIP to MIPCOM and I think it's more important to spend time in the markets, develop relationships. Actually, that's where the deal's being made. And MIP and MIPCOM is more about sharing, learning and trends. Um, so yes, there's a place for it, but 
perhaps it needs to change um, to service that need as opposed to being focused on sales because there aren't that many sales made here anymore. Okay, well, thank you very much, Carlotta Fatini and Frederick. That's all from the podcast at MIPCOM this year, but don't forget to visit C21 for the hundreds of new stories we've published from the market this year. Uh, and, of course, our Global Distribution Trends Report. Remember to stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile, and on Twitter. Thanks thank for listening. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.